It's Friday night, and your work week is over. Kick back and get the latest on the Indianapolis Colts. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown! The 10, the 5, a pick 6 for the Colts! Get up to speed on the Colts and the NFL, starting now. And he walks into the end zone! Touchdown, I-N-D-Y! This is the Colts Happy Hour on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, keep in mind, too, we got Pacer Hoopage pregame show coming up in now less than an hour as the Pacers host their uh, fourth preseason game, a fourth and final, I believe, uh, coming up here against the Houston Rockets later on tonight. Again, 6.30, your pregame coverage begins for that tip time down at Gamers Fieldhouse between the Rockets and the Pacers is at 7 o'clock. But welcome in to Colts Happy Hour live in Broad Ripple. This is a fantastic time, a Bud Light Blue Friday at Average Joe's in Broad Ripple has been spectacular to this point, and we continue moving forward with it. So, Big game coming up on Sunday against the AFC South's Jacksonville Jaguars. We know what happened the first time the two teams met back in week two. Not good for the Colts. Whether or not we see a turnaround, all starts at one place, and that is, of course, with that offensive line. And I'm sure about that. The injury concerns listed as questionable. Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, Julian Blackman going into Sunday, already listed as out. Linebacker Shaquille Leonard and on that defensive side of the football as well, Quitty Pay listed as out for Sunday. But as we always do, via Colts Happy Hour. We start with the coaches' conversation. Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, and head coach Frank Reich as a part of Colts Happy Hour and this starter. Matt, take it away. All right, thank you, JMV. It's time now for the head coach's report on Colts Happy Hour with head coach Frank Reich. And coach, first off, by playing on a short week last week on Thursday, a little bit of extra time over the weekend to get ready for this important game against the Jaguars. How beneficial was that extra time? How was it spent getting ready for Jacksonville round two? Very beneficial. First for the players, just the, the extra rest. And, and coaches, a little bit of rest. I mean, we did kind of work through the weekend a little bit, really to get ahead on Jacksonville, do a little bit extra self-scouting, uh, get ahead on Jacksonville, study a little bit more film. Um, and that, that serves us well going into this game. So, um, you know, get re-energized. You know, coming off a big road win to get re-energized coming into an, an important divisional game was important. Yeah, one of the storylines of this game, obviously, is the offensive line. You changed some things up last week on a short week in Denver and certainly don't want you to give away any personnel lineup changes that you're going to make going into this game. But how much time, how much energy, how much thought – has gone into trying to get that right going into this game week six. Yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, it's a big deal. It's obviously important, and we, we love our guys up there. And so just working through the right combination. You know, obviously, I said earlier this week, I talked about, you know, Bernard playing, mm-hmm. you know, left tackle and, um, you know, that he'll be, you know, he's kind of going to be our guy. So, um, but the rest of the combination, you know, we're working through this a lot of time and energy, right? Talking about it, thinking through it, um, you know, knowing it's a short list of things we can do, but what's the best thing for this team, not over the next game or two, but over the rest of the season. You know, I know you're not where you want to be record-wise going into this game, but it seems like the hallmark of this team has been resiliency, fourth-quarter comebacks, game-winning drives, being able to dig yourself out of a hole. How pleased are you with, with that attribute of the team, which is – hard to come by it's it's something that not every team has there's no doubt Matt I mean it was a great attribute to have um you know we don't want to always have to do that we'd like to uh 
get get on the right side of the equation sure. earlier in, in the game and in the season. But none of us, are, you know, at two two and one, we are not where we thought we would be, where we want to be. But you know, we've been. It's not terrible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's really not when you think about. You know, even the first game, we gave ourselves an opportunity, and um, so. And when you look at the league, and you see everybody kind of bunched up there at three and two or two and three, right? Um, you know where we rank overall in the league is we're right in the thick of things. So, in spite of the troubles that we've had on offense, primarily, feel excited about where we're at and the opportunity mm-hmm. ahead. You know, speaking of resiliency, the the NFL put out a stat the other day that the Colts are the the first team since the 1995 San Diego Chargers to not give up a single point in the fourth quarter through the first five games of a season. What is it about the defense? What what can you pinpoint defensively that is so good, especially in the second half and in the fourth quarter? Well, first and foremost, it's just a credit to the players, right? I mean, you know, really locking in for 60 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, getting a feel for what they're doing and, you know, just playing hard and playing with great energy for 60 minutes. Obviously, secondly, it's a credit to Gus and the defensive staff. They've done a, a great job of, you know, adjusting during the game, you know, to figure out what the offense is trying to do and uh, shut it down. So uh, hats off to really the, the players and the coaches. Yeah. All right, back on offense, Alec Pierce has 15 catches for 222 yards in the last three games. You're going to get him back, and you're also going to get Michael Pittman Jr. back. Neither of those guys played in week two when you played Jacksonville in the first game. What do those guys mean for your offense, specifically going up against this defense in the passing game? Well, they're big-time playmakers. Pitt's a, a major physical presence, you know, Jacksonville is a physical team so Mm -hmm. you know Pitt brings that element and then Alec just they're both big time playmakers but Alec has just been making plays down the field you know so we we look for more of that all right you look at you know the last two games you know shifting focus on the Jaguars we know about 26 to 11 24 to nothing back in week number two the week of practice the week of preparation how dialed in would you say these guys are to right some wrongs if you will at home I, I do think there's there is that element to it right Mm -hmm. we understand who we're playing we understand what they've done to us the last two weeks and i'm sure everybody has their different motivation sure um i and i think that's all good but i really think for us this is even more so it's a bigger opportunity for just just to show where we are as a team you know we know we're two two and one Mm -hmm. we're playing a good football team a team that has dominated us we need to take a step on offense particularly so and we didn't play great against them on defense last time so this is an opportunity to show where we're going as a team Trevor Lawrence he completed 83 percent of his passes he had a career high you know 121 passer rating he's gotten off to good starts the last two games against the Colts how important is it to to get after him early and and disrupt him from the get-go rhythm and timing how much is that part of his game I think it's part of, you know, I mean, it's always better, right, when you can get things going for a quarterback, get those completions, get Mm -hmm. the first downs, get a score first. Um, But at the end of the day, it's a 60-minute game. So um, you you don't want to – we want to do everything we can to disrupt him early, to Mm -hmm. get him off his game early. 
but at the end of the day is just minimize those points, you know, like our defense has been doing. Keep the points down, keep the points down over 60 minutes. That's the And then let the offense do their job. Yeah, they've got weapons on the outside. There's no doubt about that with Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and Marvin Jones. But I've been particularly impressed with their running backs. They can run the ball and catch the ball. James Robinson and Travis Etienne, how much pressure do they put on the defense with the checkdowns and the yards after the catch? A lot of pressure. Uh, as you mentioned, they have a lot of personnel groupings. You know, they got all this, and then Evan Ingram, you know, mm-hmm. is a playmaker at tight end. So they got all these different personnel groupings. Um, they mix it up. They do a good job of mixing it up, and they're and they're all playmakers. They're all play. You get the ball in their hand. They all have that speed. They all have that breakaway ability. All right, on their defense, you talked about it earlier this season. Their front seven, very, very good, very, very formidable. They've invested high. Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker. What is it about that front that makes it such a daunting task? Well, it starts with those two edge pass rushers. You know, anytime you got two premier edge pass rushers, it's challenging, right? It's challenging, uh, you know, because when you start dropping back, a lot of times if you're going to chip and help the line or slide the protection one way or the other, mm-hmm. you can only do it to one side. So, um, or unless you want to keep more guys in and that limits you in the pass game. So it really starts there. Two good pass rushers, but they're also just, you know, they're stout inside. You know, they're stout inside. They have a good scheme. They play a lot of bare defense. Um, and then those two young linebackers are both are both really physical yeah. and athletic players. Yeah, Devin Lloyd and Foye Olakon, no doubt about that. And this goes back, this is a philosophical question that goes back to what you alluded to earlier, just trying to get the lead, playing you know in front. How much of a different team could you be or would you be? It, it affects everything, right? It affects play calling and scheme on defense and possibly getting more takeaways on defense. What would that mean to get out front be up by two scores in the second half of a game. Yeah, it's it's a really big deal, as as you're saying, Matt. And you do everything you can to to create that fast start right. on, in all three phases. Over our time here, we've been pretty good at that. Um, you know, we've been pretty good early in games on on offense in past years. That's why this this year is just such a you know right. It's so difficult to deal with because hey, this is this is not characteristic of who we've been on offense in a lot of ways. Uh, struggling to to score early or score at all. I mean, so um, that's the hurdle we got to overcome. And I really do, Matt, think that kind of once we break the ice with that, that we're, okay, this is we're back in our rhythm. Mm-hmm. This is who we are. This is we know what we can do. But right. we got to. This would be a great week to get that going. All right, lastly, Coach, the floor is yours. Your keys to the game, some areas you know you have to win individually in order to win this game. Well, as always, you know, Jacksonville is 2-0 and in the games. They've won the turnover battle, and they're 0-3 yeah. in the games. They've lost the turnover battle. Right. So um, we know that's a big deal. Um, and then the second big deal is we like to talk about, you know, quarterback rating, you know, um, who's going to win that battle mm-hmm. because that's such a team stat. And we talk about it, you know, as far as uh, affecting their quarterback. How are we going to affect their quarterback? That could mean pressure. That could mean great coverage. It could mean blitzing. It doesn't have to mean blitzing. But how are we going to – we can play great coverage and affect the quarterback. We get turnovers. All those things that factor into that quarterback rating. As you said, he's mm-hmm. had two really high quarterback ratings against us in the last two games. So on defense, we got to find ways to get that down. You know, keep the completion percentage down. You know, get some turnovers and eliminate the big play on offense. Right, we we got to get it going. We know Matt can do that. We know our offense can do it. We've showed flashes of it. We just got to put it together for sixty minutes. No doubt about it. That's the head coach's report with head coach Frank Reich. It's the Colts and the Jaguars. Coach, good luck in Week Six. Thanks, Matt. 
Matt Taylor right there with Frank Reich on the Colts Happy Hour. Centerpoint Energy is a proud sponsor of the 2022 Coach of the Week program. This week's Coach of the Week is Jake Meaners of East Central High School. By the way, East Central gets Ron Colley coming up later on tonight. Class 4A, number three Trojans knocked off the 3A, number eight Garing Catholic squad, 41-7 last week. Trojans unbeaten against fellow Indiana teams. Again, they get Ron Colley. Uh, down near, uh, what is it, St. Leo, I think, off of I-74 in East Central High School. Uh, coming up in just a little bit this evening, quick baseball update. Reese Hoskins of the Phillies, a three-run home run. Bottom of the third inning, Phillies up 4 nothing on the Braves. That is game three, pivotal indeed of that best of five with the best of five series tied between the Braves and the Phillies at a game apiece. All right, quick break, and we'll come back. Matt rejoins with Rick Venturi. The radio booth comes alive with a little insight. You're only going to get right here on Colts Happy Hour with Rick Venturi. That's coming up next. This is Colts Happy Hour, 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. We're talking all things Colts on the Colts Happy Hour heading into the weekend on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. As I mentioned, coming up here at 630 Pacer pregame for I know Boylan's getting fired up and getting you set for the preseason matchup with the Rockets and the Pacers from Gamebridge Fieldhouse. We'll get you there on Colts Happy Hour, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. And keep this in mind, the Colts Audio Network, it includes podcasts, radio shows, player interviews, and more. iTunes, Spotify, anywhere else you can download those podcasts. Also available on SiriusXM, the mobile app, all you got to do is search Colts right there. You can listen to exclusive Colts radio and audio content on demand and stay up to date with the Colts on your schedule. Let's get to it right now. Getting you updated on this matchup, which is crucial on Sunday with the Jaguars and the Colts within the AFC South at Lucas Oil Stadium. Back with the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, and his partner in the radio booth, the former NFL coach Rick Venturi for the breakdown. Matt, take it away. All right, thank you, JMV. It's time to fire up Inside Football with Rick Venturi here on Colts Happy Hour on a Friday. And we're breaking out the blueprints for the Colts to win this game on Sunday against the Jaguars. And we start first with the Jacksonville offense. They're coming off a season low, six points to the Texans last week. And just like the Colts have had a hard time beating the Jaguars, the Jags can't beat Houston. The Texans yep. have topped the Jaguars in nine straight games. That's a streak that dates back to 2017. Uh, the Jaguars 15th in scoring, but turnovers have killed them in the last two games. The big reason why they've come up short, they've got seven turnovers on offense in the last two games, including five against the Eagles two weeks ago. Trevor Lawrence had two picks last week against the Texans, including one big one in the red zone. And over the last two weeks, he's completing just 51% of his passes. He's got two touchdowns, three picks, and he's lost four fumbles. But he's been great in their pair of wins on the season, Rick. In those games, he's completing 76% of his passes, nearly 500 yards passing, five touchdowns, no turnovers in those games. And the same cast of, of skilled players that hurt the Colts back in week two, they're all back. Travis Etienne, James Robinson, who ran for a 37-yard touchdown against the Colts, Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk. So what are your musts to defend and slow down the Jaguars who put up 24 points on the Colts back in week number two? Yeah, you're exactly right. This is a pretty well-knit team. I would say in general you've got two really good running backs. I'll get into that in 
in Etienne and in uh, Robinson. Uh, they've combined for over 500 yards and a 4-4 average together. Uh, the receiver core is good. Um, you know, the, the Jones guys, uh, Kirk is their leading receiver. Agnew is coming on. Uh, you know, they they're, they have an, an Engram at tight end. They're really a good, solid receiving core, but not explosive. Not a lot of big play guys. I, I think Peterson, I'll get into this, does a real good job of specializing them. Uh, you know, and then, you know, their offensive line is is high and low, depending kind of on the advantage-disadvantage. Um, I think their two biggest weaknesses is Taylor at right tackle, and now it'll be Shatley F left guard. They lost Barch. I think they put him on IR. But so I think their worst positions are left guard and uh, right tackle. Number one must, you know, be very disciplined because these backs can bounce it. They've got good vision. If you void a gap, they're going to find it. So it's got to be really good there. Number two, and this is critical, this to me is the number one reason other than their defense that we haven't played well against them. We've got to set the edge on Lawrence, okay? We cannot let Lawrence get started. He is terrific. He's still an NCAA quarterback. That's why he's up and down. But he builds confidence early in the game, okay? He still is number 13 QBR with a with an okay passer rating of 88, but bring early pressure on him. I I would come after him very good, and I'd come after him from the edge so that when he does run a play action or a boot, we are right in his face, and we can discourage him early, and we got to have really good defensive uh, discipline at the end. Also, you know, with that boot game, you got to find the, cr- the crossers. He's very inconsistent. He, you know, he's been Joe Montana versus the Colts. And, and Wentz versus Philly, you you got to destroy him early. It, I'm, I am convinced, and I've seen it, we, he's, he's given it up like a slot machine. He's coughed it up like a slot machine the last two weeks, four fumbles against Philly, two picks, and you said, and the one was destructive. It was the pick was in the red zone when they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna win last week, and he gives it up. And I really believe if you confuse him, I still don't think he connects the dots like an NFL guy. Make him play NFL, and I think he will have the deer in the headlights. I think number three, we've got to be willing, and in the games where we crowd their wide receivers and we have more variation in coverage and blitz like we have Kansas City and like we definitely had last week, Okay, that's when we've played really good defense early and then just kind of taken the game over. This is a good receiver core, Matt, but it is not explosive. It is not. You don't have the 4-4 guys in there. You don't have big top-end speed guys. So your coverages have to match tight when you're bumping and running, bump tight. You You want to take this group away. And, you know, because they're just not explosive. Now, if they need a downfield play, it's probably going to go, you you know, it's probably going to go to Marvin Jones. If it's an interior play, a possession type of deal, you know, he loves Kirk. Kirk's the leading receiver, and most of it is interior receptions. And so you, I think you always have to have a plan for Kirk. If he's in that backfield, don't let him one-on-one with a linebacker. Treat him as a wideout. Do not allow linebackers one-on-one on Kirk. As good as our, as athletic as our linebackers are, that's a matchup, and it was obvious in the first game. And then the other guy that was a bit of a tough matchup for us was Ingram, number 17, the tight end. So, 
But again, I think you take them away without the ball. You take them away early, make them work, close all windows, no big windows, smother those receivers, and then mix it on the QB and pressure him. I do believe he's still an NCAA guy. And then number four must is obviously we do those top things. We got to attack their defense, their their offensive line, discipline rush and blitz because he can beat you with his legs. We've seen that. Right. It's not just the designers. I mean, he can scramble. You know, he's moved it very well, uh, moved it really well in 21 when he had to make first downs and move the chains. So the rush has to be disciplined. I do like a lot of five-man rush, man-to-man, where you fill every lane. Uh, You know, I think they're a much better run-blocking team uh, than pass-blocking. I think Robinson's having a pretty good year at left tackle, but he can be beat. And Gakwe, if he'll get him up and counter, can beat him. Where I think they're really struggling is Taylor at right tackle. I, you know, he's a high draft pick, but he can be had. He's got lazy feet. He's been beaten off the edge. And then their left guard and their center's a rookie. Their left guard is their biggest weakness. That's Shatley. Yeah. Again, they want to start Barch, but Barch got hurt and he's out. Right. So, again, and I kind of say this in total, this is a team because they play so much better from advantage, particularly the quarterback you got to control first and second down. you got to make this team a one-dimensional drop-back NFL team. If you do that, the quarterback and the O-line will fold. That's Rick Venturi right there on Inside Football with the blueprints to take advantage of the Jaguars on offense. I'm Matt Taylor. Let's switch over to the Jaguars on defense. And, Rick, that unit has been very, very impressive, very good all season long giving up only 16 points per game. That's fourth in the NFL, and they, of course, blanked the Colts back in week two. They rank sixth against the run, and that's considering they've allowed 326 rushing yards to the Eagles and the Texans in the last two weeks after giving up only 126 rushing yards in the first three games combined. So they're good, but they they could be even better had it not been for a couple of flare-ups. They're tied for fifth in the NFL in takeaways with nine, I'm classifying them as a very disruptive team. 23 tackles for loss, 7 picks, and 33 passes defense. They get their hands on the football. That's the most in the NFL, and they're very good in their second and third levels. Josh Allen, Foye Olakon, Devin Lloyd, Trayvon Walker, and then in the back end, Shaq Griffin, Rayshon Jenkins, Andre Sisco. They force the Colts into three picks. Uh, in the first meeting back in week number two. So what are your musts for the Colts to fare much better against this Jaguars defense in this game at Lucas Oil Stadium? Yeah, and, and the troublesome thing for us is where they're good is, you know, the the, the rush per 3.7, mm-hmm. number five in the league, and they've made that happen against us on first down. Um, you know, basically sacks, you know, have they've had 11 against us. And they have come because they've set up those second and 12s and those third and eights, you know, and they've got and they've gotten after us that way. And then basically they've been outstanding because they just don't give up a lot of points, you know, at 16. Um, you're right. I think one of the things that happened last week is that I, I Pierce just had a great game. He was just I I don't know that I've seen a young kid run harder. Maybe Jonathan, but I mean it was that kind of performance. He made so many yards on his own. It was unbelievable. But this is a real good defense. When you think of this defense, think of Tampa Bay, uh, think of Denver, and, you know, think of Jacksonville. That's that's the style they play. 
that style has hurt us. Uh, they are superbly talented. They've got two guys on the edge uh, with Walker and Allen that I'll put with any two um, guys in the league from that standpoint. They're tough up front. Robertson Harris has always hurt us. Walker in there. I mean, those guys are really, really tough up front. And then if they get you in disadvantage, they get in that NASCAR package, and it's Allen on one side, Walker on the other, and then Smoot and Key inside. And now that is a really, really tough front. That is a pass-rushing front. That can be scary. And as I said, they've produced 11 sacks versus us in two games. I think our musts, and it's not necessarily in this order because I don't think you're stubborn against a team like this. I, I've been with Bill Belichick when you, against one opponent, you go out and get 250 yards rushing, and the next week against somebody that's vulnerable to the pass, you throw for 400. I think what's really important week to week is that you, you scratch where it itches, that you attack a team where they're weak. It's not so much what you establish, it's establishing what is necessary to win. I will so that, say this, though. I think you have to find enough of a running game, enough of a running game to keep them off balance and to keep them out of second and long. I think it's really important. You're going to see that double sink unless you're going to throw every down. We've got to get some gap powers in the offense where you gap block down and kick out or you lead through into those off-tackles holes. That's the only way – you can run the ball against that double sink, and we have to do that. But again, in base offense, don't be stubborn because the weakness of double sink is that you have eight guys inside the tight end box, and your corners are absolutely naked on the outside. So you've got to be willing to get the ball outside to Pittman and now Pierce, who looks like he can beat just about anybody on the outside. And if you play action and protect seven-man protection – they're normally only three guys short, so there's a lot of areas back in there. That's what I mean, don't be stubborn. And then this is the week for the screen game because those big guys are going to rush the passer. You want them to rush it, and you want to screen to your backs and let them go. Make screens be a part of your base running game. Now, when you're in nickel on first down, that's when I really like to run it because you get them spread out. You don't see a lot of double sync. You don't see much under. Everything is a predictable over, even though there's an eight-man front. But you can block the safety, but you can pound the bubble. So, again, you've heard me say this before against Jacksonville. Nobody pays attention to me, but when you're in base personnel, that's when you want to be throwing it. And when you're in nickel, three wives is when you want to be running it. I call that play wrong. Play exactly what, what doesn't appear to be what you're going to do in that set. I think that's really important. And then if we get behind in the count, think quick rhythm passing, even running on second and long, stay out of third and nine, get back into third and five. Where they kill us is when you get third and nine and they start running those three-man stunts, and they're just frankly really hard to pick up. And so, again, always get back on second down. Again, I'll say this as number two. I've kind of hit it in a way. But, again, a lot of play pass early, but maximum protection because they're short underneath. When, they, when you bring five, okay, you're only playing three, four behind that, three, three in the middle and four deep. So, again, there's a lot of room to throw it with max protection, 
and then their corners are naked one-on-one almost every first down. And to me right now, the guy you want to get one-on-one, the guy that's hot, the guy that can beat one-on-one coverage is Pierce. And I do think you want to take shots to him on first down. On first down, you can guarantee single high, and you can guarantee one-on-one coverage on the outside. And I, I think their corners are solid, but I don't think they're great. I, I, just, I don't think they're great. And, you know, if, if, if you just will attack them and go get them, uh, obviously I, I think you have a chance, particularly with a 50-50 guy like Pierce. Uh, number three, if we do get in third down, it's got to be protection first. Uh, even if we have to concede at times, we don't want sacks and turnovers. We don't want to let their defense feed off their plays. You know, they got the big turnovers against us in the first game, big turnovers, and that made all the difference in the world. So, again, it's all protection. You're going to have four really good rushers with two good blitzers behind them. So, again, anticipate blitzes from 33 and 23. That's the two linebackers. Protect those edges. Chip those edges. Don't let those guys out there one-on-one, and don't let them ruin the game. Again, if we have to, screen on third and long. You know, you know. again, run three-man patterns. You can run three-man floods to one side, but don't let the pass rush beat us and affect the game. And I think number four, and I think this is critical, it's kind of an all-purpose, but I'll say it for the offense, stay ahead in the count. Don't give this team physical or mental momentum. This is what we've done in the last two games. We've allowed them early in the game to essentially seize the day, and they have established both physical and, more importantly, mental momentum. Dominate these early downs and keep their pass rush on the bench. Their rush in diversity comes when they are in the advantage. So offensively, this should be a crusade, a literal crusade to win first and second down. Hey, there you go, Rick Venturi and Matt Taylor here upon a Colts happy hour. Average Joe's at Broad Ripple. I love being in Broad Ripple with the window, window open on a great fall day with our friend from Bud Light on a Blue Friday having a fantastic time with a lot of listeners right now. It is awesome. Meantime, Caesars Sportsbook is a proud sports betting partner of the Indianapolis Colts. You know a guy that is really coming into his own, and you saw that. Among those big-time players in that win a week ago Thursday night in Denver, the rookie from Cincinnati, the wide receiver Alec Pierce, among those for sure. Matt Taylor and the Goreman, a conversation with the rookie wide receiver Alec Pierce coming up on the other side. This is Colts Happy Hour on a Friday late afternoon with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. No show talks more about the Colts than this one. This is the Colts Happy Hour on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, bottom of the hour, Pacer pregame show. You get a preseason game with the Rockets in town at Cambridge Fieldhouse. That gets underway at 6.30. Right after us, Cam is the engineer with me. Kyle's back at the studio. Average Joe's in Broad Ripple on a Bud Light Blue Friday. Your form credit union question of the week 
as follows. Stephon Gilmore had his first interception in a Colts uniform this past Thursday night, right? That INT was his 28th in his career. Ranks fifth among active players with 28. Who is the active leader in the NFL for interceptions? You can visit the Forum Credit Union Fan Forum section of Colts.com. Interact with other fans online. Post a topic and participate in various discussions regarding the Colts Forum Credit Union helping members live their financial dreams. A quick update before we get to the Alec Pierce interview. Batting right now in the bottom of the fourth inning. How about the Phillies in this game three of their NLDS with the Braves? Six nothing over the Braves right now as they're batting in the bottom of the fourth inning from Philadelphia. A little bit earlier in the afternoon, game two in the ALDS. Yankees losing to the Guardians of Cleveland in 10. That best of five even at a game apiece. Game three is going to Cleveland coming up tomorrow. All right, meantime, Matt Taylor and the Gorman with somebody that has become really good, and you can kind of see it evolving before your eyes at wide receiver for the rookie out of Cincinnati, Alec Pierce. And Alec Pierce had a conversation with the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, and the Gorman about the way he is coming along going into week number six of this NFL season. Matt? Joined now by wide receiver, and we I like to say Maytay, Welcome to the NFL. It came against the Denver Broncos. Alec Pierce, eight catches, 81 yards. You got a quarterback looking for you. You've proven that you can take the ball down the field for a lot of yardage and stuff, something that this offense is missing. What's been the click? When did it start that you said, hey, I can stay here? I know I asked you this at the end of training camp, but, hey, I belong here and I make plays here. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, after having week one, um, I think I went out there. You know, week two, I was out with a concussion. Um, but after that, you know, going into week three, I kind of just told myself I was going to go out there and just and just let it loose and just play, you know, like I always did and, and just have fun, you know, and just play loose. Hey, i got to go back to it, and it just shows that, you know, you're a strong-minded athlete as well as an elite one. That first one, that drop that people mm-hmm. talk about, hey, you got to get it out of your system, stuff like that. As a rookie, it came in. Yeah. How long did you sit on that? Um, you know, it's probably the – the day you know happened the night of and then i woke up the next day you know and i told myself i you know i was gonna i was gonna make something of just it. like I the great ones it. man just yeah. like the great ones i'm telling you talk to peyton manning about his first few flicks <laughs> in the nfl alec pierce now you, you talk about confidence you had as jeffrey said eight catches for a career high 81 receiving yards on thursday night football last week in denver what, what did that game do for your confidence and what do you think that game did for matt ryan's confidence in you three big catches mm. on that final drive of regulation to set up the Colts for the game-tying field goal. Yeah, you know, for me, you know, I just kind of proved to myself the, the things that I already felt and knew, mm-hmm. you know, that I, can, that I can go out there and make plays at this level. Um, and then I think hopefully for the team, I think it just, you know, build confidence with the quarterback that, you know, I'm a guy that he can throw the ball to and, you know, not ho- hopefully I'm going to come down with it. You know, he's, gonna, yeah. he's not going to be worried about the, the defense making a play. Uh, it's either going to be me or nobody. Yeah, yeah. That's Alec Pierce with us, rookie wide receiver for the Colts, second round draft pick out of Cincinnati. So you're, you're four games in for yourself. What are the biggest differences in the action and the speed uh, compared to college football now here with the NFL? And, and and coupling with that, where do you think the game has slowed down for you through about a quarter of the season? Um, yeah, I think it, it's a lot different from college. You know, in college, I think a lot of times I was getting a lot of man coverage, a lot of press. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, you know, going out there. You don't have to identify much of the defense. You just got to go out there and just try to beat the man in front of you. It's a lot more – I've gotten a lot more off coverage this year uh, in kind of zone looks. So you got to – you know, there's more thinking involved with it. So 
kind of got to think more as a receiver and you know diagnose defense and, and adjust your route based on that is that a huge difference from college to the pros when it comes to having a, a db trying to lock you down one-on-one you faced a lot of man coverage mm. in college you're yeah. gonna you face a lot of man coverage in this uh, offense as well due to the fact that sometimes they're double team and 11 in that right. but uh, those players completely different from the college to the pro level and are there more handsy on you are there more you know what i'm saying is are they more lenient as far as getting hands up in your face these dbs um i don't i don't want to say the opposite because i think there's there's different rules for the nfl they definitely call a lot more i know college they can kind of like ride you the whole way they can you know put hands on you the, the whole way whereas nfl like Technically, they're not supposed to put hands five yards. Five, right? yeah, yeah, but right. I mean, it, it doesn't always get called. But mm-hmm. they have to be. If they do, it has to be a lot more subtle. You know, they can't be just blatantly trying to, you know, rough you up at, at 15 yards down the field. Right. So, uh, yeah, definitely kind of a little bit of different techniques. Um, yeah, so I'm getting used to that. Yeah, you can tell. Dalek Pierce joins us right now. When do you think that Matt Ryan? When would? When did that come to Matt Ryan, the leader of this offense, that says, "Hey, I got a good one out there in 14. And I'm not afraid to go to him." When did that trust happen? Um, you know, I I hope. It just keeps on building every week. I mean, I'm not sure if there's been an exact moment. Um, I'd like to say I thought at, at camp I was trying to, you know, go out there every day and improve to him, improve mm-hmm. to uh, the offense. Um, but I'm I, I'm not sure if they – I couldn't pinpoint the exact moment and, you know, hopefully – Well, it's on, man. It's, it's on. on. I'm yeah. saying right. eight first 81 versus Denver. It's on, Alec <laughs> I want to go back to last Thursday for you. Your first NFL primetime game, what was that like playing under the lights for you? Oh yeah, it was it was awesome. It was an incredible moment. Um, I love playing at night. You know, I love playing those nighttime games. Mm-hmm. I know they're they're rare in the NFL. Um, but yeah, it was it was super cool. You know, it was, it was a great atmosphere out there in Denver. Uh, super cool to see that stadium. So it was right. fun. How difficult was it for you playing those those two games in five days physically on your body to get ready for that Thursday night game? Physically on my body, I it wasn't as bad. I'm sure as a lot of other guys. Um, just mm-hmm. being younger and and not having the probably snap count that some guys have. But sure. Um, it was it was definitely a lot mentally with just the fact like we we just did walkthroughs all week we didn't do a full speed practice because mm-hmm. I think you know that's what guys needed to do you know normally our first full speed practice of weeks on Wednesday you can't we can't do that the day before the game we're packing up and flying no doubt on Wednesday so we just did three walkthroughs and mentally you were able to get those reps but just you know physically it was like the first time you're actually running those routes and catching the ball wasn't was in the game so Alec what's the night before games like for you. Uh, you know, we we have just you know the routine. We we do. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about personally. I know you got coaches meetings. Yeah. I know you got, but you preparing for the game at this level. Yeah, no. Um, if my family's in town, usually like see them real quick. Uh, cause, you know they 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 travel. They made. The trip oh, is that there. right? Yeah, yeah. They they did in Denver. Uh, so I saw my mom in Denver. Oh, that's great. Game. Now yeah. wait, stop there. Then let me stop you right there. That's got to be an awesome moment for the Pierce family traveling a long distance to go see mm. their kid play. And not only that, welcome to the NFL. Like we said, right. eight for eighty-one. What's the family's uh, you know energy and what's their attitude like towards you and your success so far? Oh, they're super excited. And you know, I actually I did have my um. My nana there, my grandma. Oh, yeah. awesome. so she she's yeah. from Denver, yeah. So she made the trip out, yeah. and I met like a million of my cousins of some extent that I'd never met before. I think they're like second or third cousins. <laughs> they were a lot. They all got there. Pierce jerseys yeah. on though, right? Yeah, exactly. They're all there. <laughs> Good for you. What a great story that is. Alec Pierce joining us talking about a little family reunion out in Denver, and that's going to continue. Uh, it's midweek right now. I got the Jaguars, a team that mm-hmm. uh, that didn't allow any points mm. to this offense. And uh, you know what you're looking for early on in the week facing this team. It's on the flip side. We're at Lucas Oil Stadium. Yeah, you know they're they're an incredibly talented team. Uh, you know I was down there watching the game. Game, uh, when we played them and mm-hmm. didn't score any points, you know they they really get up front. Uh, they get after the quarterback, Oof. and then 
yeah, they're, they're just an incredibly talented team, and I think a team that's kind of up and coming. You know, they got a good, a lot of good young players. So um, we just got to you know lock in this week and 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 do our best to prepare for that. That's uh, Alec Pierce, the rookie wide receiver with the Goreman and Matt Taylor as a part of Colts Happy Hour. Colts Happy Hour brought to you by Meyer. Meyer, the official super center of the Indianapolis Colts and a proud sponsor of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. Bud Light Blue Friday finds us in Broad Ripple at Average Joe's having a great time. Tomorrow night finds you with me from 6 until midnight. The JMV Takeover, all requests Saturday night is on B105.7 coming up tomorrow night. Linebacker Bobby Okereke with Matt Taylor and the Goreman and more coming up on the other side, Colts Happy Hour. This is 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We are talking all things Colts on the Colts Happy Hour heading into the weekend on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Welcome back, my friends. Brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today. Make every moment more. Your form of credit union question of the week. Stephon Gilmore, his first pick in a Colts uniform last Thursday night. 28th of his career. Fifth all time. Oh, check that. Fifth among active players with 28, who is the active NFL leader with 32. That is cornerback Marcus Peters. Devin McCourty is second with 31. Harrison Smith has Third place locked down with 30, and Patrick Peterson, teammate, has fourth on the list with 29. Meantime, linebacker position, Bobby Okereke joins Matt Taylor and the Goreman to talk about the season and the matchup coming up on Sunday. Fellas? Joined now by linebacker Bobby Okereke. Hey, you guys have done a hell of a job with this defense. Losing one of the top 20 defenders in the league for the majority of the year was Shaq, obviously. But the defense has stuck around, led by you. What has it been about this Gus Bradley system that started in training camp, that's brought you through there, and kept you guys in this season? Yeah, uh, the simplicity of it, the way he calls it. um, You know, we have a lot of veterans on the defense, so the communication's been excellent. And, you know, we try to keep it basic with our fundamentals, you know, uh, tackle. Uh, play with great effort and uh, physicality. Uh, obviously, you know, with Shaq out, we're missing those turnovers, and that's an area of improvement and emphasis for us going forward. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're going and growing. You're a unique cat, elite in this league at what you do, and the rest of the league notices that, Bobby. What is Gus Bradley's defense done for you specifically uh, as far as being a better player? Uh, you know, moving to the will position uh, allowed me to uh, kind of show my coverage ability. Um, and now that I'm backside, uh, show my silent asylum ability, get to plays, uh, make tackles in space. Um, but, yeah, I see myself as a multiple versatile player. Uh, I can play in different schemes, uh, different positions, so I just take every opportunity I can. Bobby, what is the mentality of this team right now this week going into this game? Everybody remembers what happened in week 18, what happened in week two. How excited is the locker room to right some wrongs, if you will, this week against Jacksonville? Yeah, 100%. We feel like the ship's going in the right direction. Um, we just got to emphasize, you know, playing with a killer instinct and uh, keeping things simple, uh, keeping things simple, you know, uh, Decker talked to us about it. Keep things simple, free your mind, so you know you can play fast and play violently. So that's what we're focusing on. You know, back to the basics and just playing good fundamental football. Yeah, in week two down there, Trevor Lawrence got into a groove early, right? He settled in, completed about 83% of his passes. How important is that to disrupt him from the get-go? Don't let him settle in and and get after him early in this game. Yeah, I think just that awareness of how they're trying to attack us. Um, he's a good quarterback, but he likes to get on the move, uh, roll out to boots. Uh, they like quick game 
Uh, so just knowing that, taking away their strengths, uh, so they got to play us man on man. Turnovers last year were huge. Obviously, one of the league leaders. This year, not so much. Did that lose an interest point in this shift to a Gus Bradley defense, or the takeaways from last year to this year, big difference? Uh, yeah, obviously, takeaways are big difference, and you know that, like I said, that's a big emphasis for us trying to get better. Um, obviously, we're missing Darius or Shaq in that aspect. Um, but we talk about it, you know, uh, get greedy about taking the ball away. So I think we're going to see some splash plays, and we always talk about they come in bunches. So expect uh, some big takeaways coming. Right, next listen, you said a word, Bobby, earlier in this interview, violent, violent. And that's yep. what you do for a living. Yep. You're a young man, but how is it after game day, and then Monday comes around, Tuesday comes around, yep. and getting that body ready for another, you know, a bar fight on Sunday. How are you doing in that? I mean, you've been in the league now a few years. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm 26 now, so I I'm starting to feel those aches and pains a little bit more, but I mean, we know this, this is a gladiator sport, uh, and that's why you know so many people fill the stands and pay tickets to play the game to see the game because it is violent, it is fast. Uh, so we embrace that, and you know, it's just another great opportunity this week. Bobby, what is it about the defense? The Colts are the only team in the NFL that hasn't allowed a point in the fourth quarter. What is it about the second half defense that is so? great for this team from a production standpoint. Yeah, I mean, I think that speaks highly of the coaching staff, just those uh, second-half adjustments that we make. Um, and like I say, we have a veteran group. Uh, we have great communication, so we limit the bus, and we make teams really earn earn their plays against us. Yeah, Zaire Franklin leading the NFL in tackles so far. And Frank Reich this week talked about the chemistry or the synergy that you have with Zaire and vice versa. How does that come about? How hard is that to establish? Um, I mean, I, th I think it speaks – we've always had a tight linebacker group, um, and it and, you know, it's been those same similar guys. We're all similar ages, similar groups. Um, we've been together three, four years. Um, and it's just that uh, approach. Uh, you know, we're going to build each other up, but we're going to compete every day. Uh, I'm going to push Zaire to be his best. He's going to push me to be his best. Same with EJ. Uh, same with Grant. Same with everybody in our linebacker group. So uh, it's an intense group, and we feed off each other's energy. DeForest Buckner, Yannick Ngakwe, Stefan Gilmore, some veterans there. Shaq Leonard, we talked about yourself. Yep. Who's got the voice in that defensive huddle? Uh, Zaire Franklin. Uh, he's that emotional leader for us. Um, and he backs it up with his play. How about home games? The importance of a home game. I just want to give you, you have a chance to give a message to the fans because we need them. Obviously, the yeah. division game and where we're at right now, hosting a home game like we are, Big huge advantage. Yeah, no, and that that um, you know our home atmosphere that is our advantage. Um, the way the fans get rowdy for us and make it loud for that offense. Uh, you know, having to go on silent cadence, or whatever. Uh, but we're just excited, you know, bring another win to our fans here, at Lucas Oil. You know, Bobby, outside of a quarter and a half, you know, you haven't had Shaq Leonard this season. How has he stayed engaged? How has he remained part of this team and helpful to the defense? Yeah, I mean, he's at practice, he's at meetings. Like, you see videos of him on the sideline at games. He's just as amped up and just as in tune to the game as if he was playing. So, uh, you know, we, we, we appreciate, we respect his leadership, and, you know, we just can't wait to have him back. You know, last one for me, you know, on the Jacksonville side on offense, they've got a guy sort of like Naeem Hines, a guy that can do it all. He can catch it, he can run it, he can block. Uh, that's Travis Etienne. Yep. How difficult of a matchup is he on, on a guy like you playing linebacker? Yeah, you know, he's fast, um, and I think what stands out about him is he's physical. He likes to finish runs. Um, he's not the biggest guy, but he's tough. Yeah. Presents a unique challenge like we have every week in the NFL. Keeping afloat in this division, what's the coach's message to you this week? A division game, obviously everybody counted us out a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Can't believe the start, et cetera, et cetera. Hey, it's a long season. But what is Frank's uh, message to you guys? Just, you know, keep the ship afloat. Worry about the division that's in front of you. I mean, we all always talk about you know the next game is the biggest game because it's the next game never get too high never get too low but where we want to go um, obviously make a playoff run and eventually get to that Super Bowl uh, we got to win division games so there's an extra emphasis this week one of the best in the league that's Bobby O'Karake
Bobby Okereke with the fellas right there, FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today and make every moment more. Take it easy, Harley D. Quick break. We'll come back for a final time. Colts happy hour in Broad Ripple with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We now return to the Colts Happy Hour, an inside look at the Colts on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, lead us back in, won't you, with Sean Matthews and Pure Prairie League here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Thank you for joining us in Broad Ripple. We're at Average Joe's in Broad Ripple, and we are going to sign off for you. What a great afternoon with a Bud Light Blue Friday. Thank you, Rob Sabatini, for having us at Average Joe's in Broad Ripple. This reminder, Sunday morning, 9 a.m., the ride to kick off with me. I'll start at Bullseye's Event Center with BullseyeEventGroup.com coming up on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. And then we'll transition to Touchdown Town, a little north of the stadium right there, and get you set on the Colts pregame huddle with me, Bill Brooks, Joe Wrights, and the Goreman for this Week 6 matchup inside the AFC South. That matchup with the Jacksonville Jaguars, again, 10 a.m. in Touchdown Town. That is coming up on Sunday as well. Monday, Buffalo Wild Wings in Carmel on a Bud Light Blue Monday. Buffalo Wild Wings in Carmel coming up on Monday. Tomorrow night, the JMV Takeover on B105.7 begins at 6 p.m. Up next, Rockets Pacers pregame coverage right here, 93.5, 107.5, the fan. Enjoy.